Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. Welcome back to season three of Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Today we present a spooky story. From Steve Vernon, read by Karen Larter. Which side of the stem to stern bed and breakfast? A Queen Anne revival house built way back in 1868. Just try and picture that now, will you? Imagine yourself fast asleep in your bed, when all of a sudden the temperature plummets as if you took a fast freight elevator ride down into the frozen ninth circle of Dante's Inferno. Then, as you shiver alone in the darkness, you hear a strange tapping at the window. So you rise up out of bed and open the curtains and look outside to see the rotted remains of a man hanging by his neck from a ratty old rope slung over the branches of a nearby tree, swaying patiently in the breeze. Imagine the bony right arm of that remnant of a man is sticking out stiffly in the twisted rigors of ancient death with the sickly, yellowed fingernails of a long, bony hand tapping persistently at your window. And he is staring at you. This ghastly apparition has been witnessed many times over the years. Even after a change in ownership, the new owner reported that on two separate evenings she bore witness to the sight of the hideous dangling figure. On the very first night that I moved in, I saw it at the window, she said. I was terrified, but it did not seem to mean me harm. Then two weeks later, the temperature in the bedroom dropped like a stone down a well. 
and the owner heard the same persistent scratching at the window again. I told myself the scratching was nothing, but the rattle of the wind, she explained. I told myself I didn't need to go to the window and look and see. I told myself it was nothing more than the wind moving a branch against the window pane. Yet, when she opened her eyes, the figure was standing in the very bedroom itself, scowling at her. His face was swollen, blue, and purple, and his neck was rope-burned and twisted into a nearly a 90-degree angle. I wanted to scream just as loudly as I could scream, she said, but something told me that my screaming wouldn't do me any good. So instead, I took a deep breath in and forced myself to calmly speak. And this is what she told the ghost. I am sorry, but we are closed for the night. If you are looking for a room, you will have to look elsewhere. When I asked her if the trick worked for her, she just smiled and shrugged. He looked confused, she admitted, as if he hadn't expected me to say that. I wasn't about to allow this spirit to ruin my evening. He slowly vanished, like an old-time photograph developing itself in reverse. Then, once he disappeared, I felt certain that he was going to reappear again. So that evening, I went to bed, and I pulled the blankets up over my head. And did you sleep? I asked her. Not a wink, she confessed. Are you still interested in booking a room at the stem to stern bed and breakfast? And more importantly, are you brave enough to go and spend the night? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Three Witches and a Druid. Since it's October, we're actually already into the hot chocolate season. No booze in it, sadly. It's the middle of the day. We'll get there. I was considering doing up like a fancy drink, but it's like, it's the middle of the day. I want that one, the drunk witch one. That's the one I want. The drunk witch one. The purpley drunk witch. Oh, okay. We'll have to look this up. Oh, oh, no. It was going around. I'll send it to you. Tara made this fancy one the other day called the Hocus Pocus. It was very orangey. It, uh, I'll post the recipe. It was good, but it was very, very sugary. Yeah. A little too sugary for me. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Margo. <laughs> and I'm Maeve. Gwen. And I'm Brian. So we've talked this topic before. Uh, we're just pretty much rehashing festivals because we got to go to a festival. You but will. also in this episode is also our first episode of season three. Yay! Yay! And I wanted to do a little bit of, I guess, like office work before we kind of get into today's topic, because we're doing really well and we're <laughs> really proud of ourselves. Yay! The whole thing shocks me to death. <laughs> yeah, so we started looking at analytics and we have people all over the world listening to us. Why? We have no idea. But 
we got what there's 656 of you in australia there is 294 of you in germany 2203 of you in the united kingdom pretty impressive Mm -hmm. english is their first language so they're more discerning, you would assume, than some of the other countries. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> there's 25 in Brazil, four in Argentina, 47 in Chile. Again, I wonder how many of these people listen to it on their own, thinking, I'm the only one around here. <laughs> yes, so exactly. to find a way to reach out and connect with other people would well, well, be interesting. We got two in Nepal. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know we have a shout out to Saudi Arabia, you were saying. Yeah. Uh, six in Saudi Arabia. Wow. You need six. to find each other. Yeah, and go have coffee. Six go in Turkey. <laughs> uh, nine in Greece. Yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. Four in Romania, three in Hungary. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So that for is- a little COVID project, uh, this has been a lot of fun. And I think we're going to keep going. It's wonderful. I'm very, very grateful to be part of all that you guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I think like the main reason the topic today came up is because me, Gwen and Maeve got to go to a festival, a local festival called Aegeus. Did they call it Aegeus or Aegis? I have heard both. Maeve? I have heard both. I've heard Aegis and Aegeus. Yeah. I don't know what the acronym stands for. I don't know if it has an acronym because Aegis is a word. Yeah. I thought it was an acronym or something. I think I think both. I think Maybe. I think they were making a play on a word. Yeah. So. And poor Margot here did not get to go. No, I didn't get to go. I had to be responsible and realize that my new shiny knee was not quite ready to be out in the wilderness trying to get up off of an air mattress. So, yeah. <laughs> so come, with your, come with your camp car. I, I, I just... Now. Or bring my uh, lazy bastard chair too. That was what I was also thinking. But I just, I had to be responsible and realize I just wasn't ready. And I would have been just a burden to everybody. But I was, I thought about you guys and wistfully Mm. wished, especially when Brian posted pictures on Facebook around the fire too. It was just so nice. (laughs) It was, it was uh, really chilly that one night. Yeah. But you know, we got to tent heater for good it was it was really marvelous to be back it was in a darling little campground on the south shore here and uh, it was wonderful and lots of new people too yeah and, and about yeah. how many people attended do you think um their cutoff was 50 if they didn't have 50 they were throwing it together kind of do we don't we covid all these sorts of things and they were well let's see if we can pull it off september's you know, it cools off here in September, and I think they were concerned about do we even have enough people interested at this time of year? And their cutoff was 50. So they must have had 50 people say that they were interested. I think we probably saw 40 regularly. Yeah, yeah. A couple of people had weren't staying. They were coming for the day. And I seriously thought about driving down for the day, but something else must have happened that weekend you that know, I didn't get, do that. You could get there from Metro in 35 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it was quite close. Yeah. So it was nice to be at the first in-person festival in quite some time. Lots of nice workshops. Yeah. Uh, some wonderful rituals. I ran an excellent sumble. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. I will stay next time because I, I, I have uh, I have sumble trauma from the past that we can go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a great bardic circle. 
Yes, people, we went around the circle, lots of people did things. It was really nice. Yeah. So one of the other things, though, is we took our little podcasting equipment here. And we uh, interviewed a few individuals who were there about their past experiences at festivals. Some of them being brand new to festivals. So, uh, yeah, we're going to listen to an interview. So here we go. So, Gwen here, and I'm with Mike. And Mike, can you tell me about your first festival? My first festival was probably one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in the Pagan community. I went three hours away from home with a bunch of hippies in the back of a windowless rental van, (laughs) (laughs) piled in with gear, not knowing where I was going. And we pulled up to this beautiful property that just radiated some sort of magical energy. Time disappeared and there were so many smiling faces and welcoming and a strong sense of community. The rituals were all very powerful and moving and I knew at that moment that that was my path. What a beautiful... How old were you? I was a wee baby witchling. I was all of 18 (laughs) my first festival. Yeah, I was not 18 and it was still an overwhelming you know I was in my 30s for my first one and it was overwhelming so I can totally understand how it would be can you think of any stories that you want to share from festivals past oh I I think one of my most impressive or the story that's the most impressive to me was we had did a ritual called raising the mists and I I always believed in this stuff and I, I knew it kind of worked but it was this ritual that kind of changed everything for me and so being along the coast we we often get the fog rolling in and rolling out especially during late august and this one evening we were all standing around the main fire for the main ritual of raising the mists and when the circle was cast the fog came in and i watched it slowly roll up over the crowd in a perfect half circle like a perfect hemisphere wow and travel down over the other side to continue on into the forest and that was my most impressive memory slash story from festival. Yes, that is amazing. Amazing. So we've been through two years of no festivals. And we finally have this little sort of almost impromptu because because things became safe and whatever. How do you feel being back? I love it. I love it. You know, you kind of go away sometimes. Your your path may change and then you come back. And it's there's always a feeling of coming home when you come to a festival. These are your people. These you are know. your people. And path doesn't matter. Everybody is so pluralistic and welcoming that it's yeah. so wonderful. I agree. Anything else? Anything to add? Uh, Yeah, go to as many festivals as you possibly can. Explore different paths. There's, I find each festival has its own flavor. So I did a couple festivals down in the States that were amazing. And you can't really compare them. It's like apples and oranges, you know. So check them all out, you know. Have fun. That's right. Have fun. So what great advice. Thank you so much. No problem. But yeah, so what, what are some things you guys had taken away? from the festival from being back at a festival after COVID. I think that was, that's the big thing is because although I'm community oriented, my practice is primarily solitary, but it really energizes you. If you can inject a little bit of that energy and everybody was very positive and very 
invested in making a good a good weekend for because it was everybody's first time after COVID. Yeah. yeah so what did you, what is it that you guys took away from the festival? It was really really nice to be back. That was a huge thing, and I met some we met some really nice new people, which was which was good. And I always really really enjoyed the workshops and got some I got some really good idea there too for that for the future. And it was that well, like I say, it was cold, really it's four degrees one night. It was a little cold, but I was glam camping with a Catholic. <laughs> four Celsius. For people Celsius, that use yes. other other yes, systems yes. for yes. Celsius, so cold but not frigid. Yes. So what would that be in in Fahrenheit? Forty-ish. Yeah. About forty. Yeah, it was pretty chilly at night, but it was good. It was just lovely to be. I enjoy any time I'm sleeping outdoors, eating outdoors. I'm I love eating outdoors. I don't know what it is about being outdoors, and the one and, lovely thing about a later festival, because in the recent past we have had a lot of dry summers and fire bans mm -hmm. so it was september we just had a rain there was no fire ban we had fires at all the campsites we had a large main fire every, every night it was beautiful it was beautiful and getting up and the cast iron frying pans are on the camp are on the campfire <laughs> at your site with the bacon in it i didn't hate that yes <laughs> It was just wonderful to see people and some people I hadn't seen in quite a while. Yeah, that's so right. That was really nice. And I'm, again, this is an assumption because I wasn't there, but when you were saying, Gwen, how people really were invested in it. I can imagine since it was such short notice and sort of put on in such a short, organized in such a short time that people who did attend were there because they really wanted to be, yeah. as opposed to sometimes in festivals, people show up to be sort of, I don't know, flighty about it and yeah. and not it's entertainment as opposed yes, to spiritual right yes that's, that's kind, kind of the nice thing when you have festivals like this that are smaller is there was a lot more intimacy so there was mm -hmm. more spiritual connection mm -hmm. many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I feel like you kind of lose that when you have bigger festivals, a little bit. Because in bigger festivals, my past experience has been you almost find your little click mm-hmm. and then stay comfortable there. Yes. As opposed to meeting people that you've never met before and, and having that genuine exchange. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. All I can say is I was ecstatic to be <laughs> And it was a real easy setup. You pulled right into your site. I love that. There's yes. no wheelbarrow. No hauling stuff over like yes. no. you know, 36 degrees across the field. I like that. We only got away with that though because of the attendance. Like they they had told us that we're probably going to have to park out in the road and wheel everything in because less they, people showed up. They were afraid up. of yeah. cars not, not being enough room. Exactly. But oh, we were fine. Yeah. So yeah, let's listen to another interview. All right. Hi, Melody. Hi. So happy to speak to you. So I was going to ask you first, what is your very first festival memory like? Well, my very first festival memory would take us back about five years. A friend had been bugging me for years to come and I finally agreed. And I remember when I first step foot off out of my car when I arrived at Carsdale. The energy and stuff was just so amazing. I was instantly hooked. Um, and then I met all the wonderful people. But the main reason we went besides wanting to finally experience what Phil had been telling me about was it was our 20th anniversary, my husband and I. And I've always, even before I found my path, I was always very drawn to historical Celtic traditions and stuff like that. And my husband had agreed to do a hand fasting. So for our 20th anniversary, we had a hand fasting at Aegis and oh, it, yeah <laughs> it was absolutely perfect it had poured the night before and it was still raining in the morning and I thought oh no this is completely ruined because we had no shelter on the main field or anything but the morning started it started to slow down and by the time we actually got to the time that had been set for our hand fasting which everybody participated in people I, like um, there was people that came and did some did my hair and one of the one of the ladies that I had just made friends with went and gathered a bouquet of wildflowers and did a circlet and everything and we did the full traditional hand fasting and it was just so beautiful and Phil did the uh, was the high priest for it and we had another member that was the high priestess it was and even today and my husband's not pagan but even today he says and we've been married well three times our original wedding and then we renewed our vows with the church wedding and then we did this and to this day it's it he even says that it means the most out of all the times we've dedicated ourselves to each other and that all was your first that was our very first ages and my husband hasn't been back since because of work and stuff but the next year like i volunteered in the kitchen that year with, with phil and then the next year i was his assistant and then before he passed he um 
handed me the feast coordinator position too. So, <laughs> and I, I, I love, I love cooking and baking, and it, it's just perfect for me to be there. So wonderful, wonderful. Oh, that's that is such a lovely story. And now we're here in a very new spot for for the Ages Festival. It's, mm-hmm. What do you think? I was honestly unsure. The main reason I I, came, I jumped on the chance to come to Ages was to see everybody and just experience the things that had uh, that I had loved all along. But I was worried. I was worried about the land. The, worried that it would have the same energy, the same that we could create the same environment. But you know what? It what has been said at every opening ritual for every ages that I have been to. Uh, COVID interrupted the last couple, but it's not the land; it's the people that make ages happen, and it proved true. But the main thing is, this is almost as perfect as Carsdale was, honestly, in a, in a very different way. Yeah, it's in not in a very different way, but it but it is a beautiful piece of land. It is, and the energy is just as strong. It's just different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad exactly. that we have this, and I'm looking forward to next year and yeah. every year to come. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm happy to talk to you. <laughs> there was some definitely workshops that we hadn't seen before, which was really nice. Yeah, that's right. Maeve was at one of the most um, impactful ones. Here she is snickering in the background. That's not amusement, that's embarrassment. So she can share. So we did this someone I had never met before, a lovely lady. And uh, she did this workshop that was something from her own personal experience. And everybody got a mirror. And you stared into the mirror. And there was some things going on and she had explained this situation in her life that had caused her to do this, that had changed the way she, the attitude she had about herself and how people felt about her. You know, it was just a small, you know, small short time when you could do it for hours if you wanted. But I believe that my, at our campsite, three of us came back in tears. <laughs> yeah, there was three of us who were just a mess coming back. And I know you were looking at me, Gwen, going, what the heck? <laughs> I was like, Can I share what happened with me? Sure. It was very interesting because you were supposed to stare into the mirror and, you know, you know, accept yourself for this. I, however, sort of broke into two people. It was a real freak out and I'm still thinking on it. The person in the mirror, though it was absolutely me was a separate entity to me. I was I was bracing myself for it to start speaking back to me, for me to start speaking back to me or to move in a different way. It was really, really, really shocking how absolutely separate person in the mirror and, and me were. I'm thinking on that. It was a freak out. That's why I came back freaked out. <laughs> well, do you remember what I told you? Which one was? No, probably. Okay. So the reason it was a different person, because it was, it was a changeling. And mirrors are doorway between the Feylands. I remember now. Yeah. I had blocked it from my mind. Beeping fairies. So when you brought that mirror into my house the other day. It wasn't my mirror. That was Mike's mirror. Yeah, it's still. <laughs> I'm also, uh, I would like a pat in the back because I was able to fix Maeve's mic by yeah. uh, turning the dial that I didn't realize was turned down. There we go. Yeah. So but now it, you're less echoey. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. It is something I'd like to do again. 
and, you know, maybe work on my own a little bit too. But I'd like to do it with a bunch of people again. But it was really, I've never had that happen before. Maybe because I was staring long enough. And maybe because it was, you know, outside in the bright light. It's like, do I have that many wrinkles? When I look in the regular mirror, I don't see that many wrinkles. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it was very, it's like, what the heck was that? It was, we were two different. It was me, but I was two different people. I, I haven't figured it out yet. Or what message that person had for you well that's why I'm going to try it again Mm. for a longer period because I really I was so freaked out that it was somebody it was disconnected from me I really did brace myself for it to start (laughs) them her whatever to start talking and I was like if they start talking and I'm not prepared I'm gonna have some kind of (laughs) nervous breakdown right here but no it was very interesting it was really good So with all this, so they're going to have it again next year, of course. I was a little disappointed to see that they're going to move it back to August. Because personally, I actually really, really enjoyed it being in September. And I thought they did too, the organizers. But there seemed to be some feedback that some people maybe didn't like the cold. I'm not sure. But... Yeah, it was a little. It was in the second half of the month. When was the sixteenth ish? Yeah, but like I, I felt if they had maybe done it the long weekend at the beginning of September, just before school starts. But it's still September, so it's a little bit chillier. That, I think that'd be the perfect no bugs. Time. No bugs. There's the biggie. I think the fourth week of August would be great. Still not cold, but the bugs are are. Non-existent. Yeah. So I, I don't remember the date right off the top of my head, but... 18th-ish of August? Yeah, 18th, 19th, 20th, I think. Something like that, yeah. 2023. Uh, but when they when they put up some posts, we'll put it on our Instagram. Yeah, so come on up to Nova Scotia. Yeah. So another thing, though, is that we're holding our own festival. Yes, we yeah, are. Yeah, not the podcast, but <laughs> like us in general. Uh, and our festival is going to be August 4th. 5th, 6th, and 7th. Don't have a name yet, so working out the details. But I'm sure at some point we'll actually probably do an an episode on organizing your own festival. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, so it'll be kind of fun. Uh, I'm excited for it. I've got lots of ideas. And we have a venue. So we have a venue, yeah. So Which is we're really good. excited yeah. about that. Yeah. So come on up to come on over to Nova Scotia. Yeah. yeah. And you can and uh, tent and we're really close to a little town just outside of Wolfville. So if, if you're not really much of a camper, you can There's stay in Wolfville. There's lots of spots to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Some exactly. nice little Airbnbs and stuff. Bread and breakfasts and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. If you're also, if you're feeling really, really adventurous and you don't mind the hippies <laughs> and Hippie look fest. up if there's a rainbow festival in your country or your state, they're all over the world. The rainbow gatherings have been going on since the early 70s. And originally it was the rainbow meant many races, many colors, many creeds. And they can be really fun, too. They're pagan adjacent. They are pagan adjacent, yes. But, yeah, because they're many everything, they're all-inclusive. It is all-inclusive. You will find it. You want to have a good time. It can be really, really fun. Uh, A lot of people, even if they aren't necessarily pagan, you know, very like-minded, very interested in the earth and community. And it's really a good time. It's really, really fun. There we are. Another thing to think about. And they're all over the world. You can go wherever and go to a rainbow. Yeah. It's pretty cool in the summers. There's a couple of other festivals across Canada. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Across Canada. Like Three Rivers in Ontario. 
There's Pan Fest at West. Well, and I think everybody's just kind of holding back and waiting to see what comes back after right after COVID because I know that there's some that have this hiatus. A lot of times things fall on the same volunteers year after year and they're like, oh, I had a rest. Yes. I kind of like this rest. Yeah. And, and, and they may not come back or they may not come back in the same way. So we're all just waiting to see what's happening. But hopefully things get reinstated next summer that yeah well, also like with red tape and insurance you've got all sorts of like insurance just, does not cover anything covid related no so if you have an outbreak and you have to cancel your you lose your shirt you lose your shirt yeah yeah so uh we'll let's listen to the last interview all right so me brian is uh sitting here with andrew who attended the very first apeg here in Nova Scotia, which was the Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia's first Pagan Festival, and you've attended many Aegises. So tell me about your first experience at APEG. How did you find out about it? I lived in Ontario and I saw an advertisement in The Loom, the, the magazine Loom? from Vancouver. Okay. Heck, it's Loom, I think it was. Okay. If I remember right, the magazine. And I just decided that I'm going to go to that. And I dragged a friend who had zero interest in the Pagan religion at all he was raised jewish that was his thing but right i dragged him along and i dragged him along to the second year we drove down from ontario for the two for the first two and then that winter i moved to nova scotia so you drove quite a ways to go to one pagan festival about a thousand miles and you didn't move here for the festival but you did become involved in yeah the festival. i became involved with planning it yeah it was a long kind of a hard decision because you know my family's not here right and I knew very few people here. But you made but, friends in the pagan community? Yes. And I had much better employment here than I would have where I was living before. Oh, good. Uh, so how many years did you attend uh, the pagan festival here in Nova Scotia, APEG at the time? I, I went to the first five years of APEG. Okay. And then there was some bad blood and I dropped out of the community for a little while. Right. But now you're back? I'm back. Yeah. Did you go back to APEG at any point? No. No. Okay. No. And... Very shortly after that, we moved out of the city and into the down to the valley okay. a few years after that. And it was odd. I was at the exhibition in town where I'm living, and I heard a voice behind me. And like, I know that voice. It's Maeve. <laughs> so I turned around and was talking to her, and uh, she dragged me out to the, the next uh, Aegis. I don't remember whether it was that year or the next year. Well, I think it was, it was the next year. Okay. It was the next year, summer, because the exhibition's the end of August, and this was at the beginning. Right, okay. So, from your years at APEG, do you have any, like, fond memories? Anything that stood out? Do you have a crazy story to tell? Not the safe for radio. <laughs> no, this, this ain't radio, it's podcasting. Yeah, and we well, often drink on it, so it's not safe for children anyway. So, now, as I was saying, we're now sitting at ages. What's the first ages you attended? That would be, I'm not sure whether it was five or six years ago, would have been the first. This will, I think this will be the fourth one I've been to. So, with the two-year hiatus in the middle, it would be that would be six. Okay. And do you do you have any particular stories to stand out at Aegis? It's a smaller group, and it's a lot closer together. It's definitely more intimate. Yeah, there's more. That's a good word. More intimate than some of the APEG were. Right. Yeah. The the thing with APEG is that we I think at the height we had 250 people on that yeah. field at one point. It's, have you attended any other festivals? Not pagan festivals. Not pagan um, festivals. Okay. 
I have been to uh, a couple of rainbow festivals. Oh, okay. And those are interesting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything you would like to sort of see in the future from Aegis or any other festival that may come up? Going back to the long weekend might might be nice. That extra day, yeah, is is nice to have. It's, the time. It's only one full day, right? Really, yeah. Because you're you're coming in Friday afternoon and you're leaving Sunday morning, right? Having the two full days was really nice, right? All right. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll talk to you again. Thanks very much for listening. It's a beautiful day here and it's always wonderful to be here talking with everyone. So if you would like to contact us or you have any questions or comments, suggestions, things you'd like for us to talk about, you can get a hold of us on our Facebook page. So also today, our release date is October the 14th and also today, October the 14th on ckdu.ca online, I will be doing a follow-up to the Earth, Air, Fire, Water episodes that we have been doing on elemental deficiencies with your person and how to deal with those. So you can, again, tune into ckdu.ca to listen to The Witching Hour at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we'd like to also thank our Patreons. Yeah. Three Witches and a Druid Podcast would like to take a moment to shout out to our amazing Patreon supporters from all around the world. Today, Marco, Gwen, Maeve, and Brian would like to welcome our newest Patreons, Chris, Stephanie Matthew, Samantha Brooks, and Thomas Wilding. Without your generous contributions, now and over the past two seasons, we could not bring you this magical content, and we thank you once again for listening. Hey! And again, thank you very much, and until next time, everybody, merry meet, merry, merry part. part, and merry meet again. Blessed, Blessed be. be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.